Hey everyone, you are listening to So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. And I'm David. This week, we are returning to Return of the Jedi for its 40th anniversary. We also uh, take a look at the new trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon from Martin Scorsese, and we kind of get into the Cole Cannes Film Festival uh, sort of phenomena. How long is too long for a standing ovation? Yeah, we also go a little bit into a tangent on David's other favorite thing, Justified. And maybe we are going to have a spinoff soon. I don't know. Uh, but we've oh, got maybe. all that and more on this episode of So Many Sequels. You can find us online at so many sequels.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcasting app. Without any further ado, enjoy the show. Hey, you want to talk about that new Killers of the Flower Moon trailer? Yeah, I do want to talk about that. Uh, it's uh, so this may not was... be the yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I, you were going to introduce introduce it. No, I was going to say this might not be this might not be uh, super uh, uh, relevant to the podcast we're doing today, but uh, oh, right. just this week we got a new Killers of the Flower Moon trailer from Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. uh, and we've talked about it many times before. What do you think of the trailer? Uh, you know, so this trailer was there was a lot of hype for it because uh, for us, especially uh, where we we live geographically, you know, in Oklahoma, in northeastern Oklahoma, uh, there's been a lot of talk locally of this movie for a long time. But it's also been a big talk in the movie world because this is Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio and anything they do is uh, a list uh, movie news. So this movie started filming pre pandemic. So it's been a long time coming and this is the first trailer that they released a lot of hype mm-hmm. i thought it looked pretty good yeah um yeah i you know i have conflicting feelings about it because it looks like a very good movie but it also looks very like harrowing and some of the early reaction i've seen from can where it premiered is that it's really uh, it gets really disturbing. And if you know the subject matter, you can see why that would be the case. But I think it'll be it. I think it'll be good, a good movie. And I hope um, I hope it does the, the history justice. Because mm-hmm. this looks like it's going to get told to a, a wide audience that will not know have known about it. Yeah, who either who either aren't aware of the book or the original story. Now, I can't claim to be some sort of a uh, grand historian. I didn't know about right. the story before the book. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, it is going to be really interesting. It does look, um, you know, it looks uh, uh, incredibly cinematic. You know, I, I'm not the most uh, studied of Scorsese's work, but, um, right. you know, it reminded me a lot of like um, Gangs in New York when I first uh, saw that. That had a lot of uh, that kind of graphic ugliness to it. You know, it's kind of, it's not... It's not like uh, it's it looks beautifully shot, but it looks mm-hmm. you know kind of grimy, and gritty, and it's mm-hmm. a very uh, you know uh, 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 you know real uh, look at history. 
Um, so yeah, yeah that it, it looks, you know, uh, uh, I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see very the movie. Uh, and, and so I, you know, the trailer, it was a compelling trailer. I think it'll get a lot of people's in, it, grab a lot of people's interest. Uh, yeah, it does feel like, uh, it's going to be a, hopefully it's going to be a decent year for, um, alternative adult movies i guess for lack of a better word you know like uh uh the non-blockbuster adult movie you know what i mean the the uh yeah i want to say the rd the art the artier movies but you know that's what most people feel about them right but between this, this movie and, is you no know, this movie is almost like uh i feel like it can it's hype almost borders on blockbuster status for the kind of movie it is it's like mm-hmm. in its category it's the blockbuster you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because of who's involved. Mm-hmm. Any uh, first mm-hmm. of all, anything Leonardo DiCaprio does is a big movie. Just by default, he still yeah. he still has that much power. Uh, Except so, for Don't Look Up. Well, yeah, but I feel like you can thank Netflix <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah, them, them and their antiquated theatrical model at the time. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you but know, yeah, I, I think that I, I hope that this actually catches uh, the attention of a wide audience because it's a story worth hearing and it could, yeah, like you said, open, it could open the door up to a, a more adult movie like that. That's not your typical action blockbuster, uh, because if this, yeah, if this movie know, can do well, then hopefully it will get people to invest in these type of movies again, which is kind of sad that you need Martin Scorsese and, and Leonardo DiCaprio to do that. (laughs) Well, you know, I just think you need a combination of, of these types of movies coming out all in succession. You know, I know this, uh, I don't know film Twitter is probably not going to approve of these particular groupings, but you know, if you have a big solid movie of interest from Scorsese, and then you have something like Oppenheimer from Chris Nolan, if you have, we have another good, like another, like a, a a Spielberg movie that does manage to grab the wider attention. If you have, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to put Barbie in this category, but it is Greta Gerwig. I mean, Barbie is Mattel. It's hardly a right. tiny little indie, you know, brand. Right. But, you know, the fact that, you know, it's being put on this kind of like, uh, you know, it's coming out the same weekend of Oppenheimer. People have linked the two together. Um, and there was another one that I was thinking about the other day, but, you know, if you could, if if we can have, if you have a good string of these type of non, uh, non franchise, non, uh, 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 event films that mm-hmm. you know are events in a way because they're very cool, they're very cinematic, and people are like appreciating the the scope of them. I don't know, maybe maybe we'll get you know we'll start to get those kind of movies built back up. That's very, uh, we you know the movie we're talking about today, uh, in a little bit is sort of the you know one of the the uh, precursors to the major, you know, event film summer blockbuster season. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Right. Uh, something else I want. So, but anyway, yeah, looking forward to it. Killers of the Flower Moon coming out in November uh, or October. Yes. It, I, well, I think it's October. Um, it will have a, a theatrical release and then a release on Apple TV, uh, which is another thing in its favor. I mean, Apple TV has already won Best Picture once. And this mm-hmm. is if anyone was going to do it again for a streamer it, it would be this i think it's still extremely early obviously to be calling best picture yeah. shots but yeah. uh it's hard to mm-hmm. argue against this one being in the conversation 
just just based on who yeah and i think doing it. and you know what i think we can agree uh leonardo dicaprio unrecognizable uh Brandon absolutely Frazier, unrecognizable. unrecognizable robert de niro unrecognizable i can't tell who anybody is in these in this movie robert de niro unrecognizable you know i will uh, say you know. One last thing on, on this movie. <laughs> uh, you know, everything that comes out of this film festival can is so freaking dramatic. Uh, mm-hmm. So I never know how much or how much credibility to give anything. But there's they're mm-hmm. they're out there saying this is career best performance by Leo. It the movie, you know, it's they like measure uh, the standing ovation length and it matters. Yeah, that's what I've learned. And I, that was weird. To, like, it got a nine-minute standing ovation, and that was considered great. And then I saw Indiana yeah. Jones got a five-minute standing ovation, and that was considered muted. So I don't understand. Like, light. Like, yeah. light. Like, like, you stood there for five minutes and clapped, and that still wasn't good enough. I don't know. No, yeah, that was them being nice to the movie, apparently. So nine-minute standing ovation, whatever that means. Uh, mm-hmm. it got it. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard that Elvis got a 12. Oh, well, that, well, it was good. <laughs> That's all we need. We don't need to relitigate Elvis. <laughs> uh, so we are doing an interesting episode today uh, because mm-hmm. this is the first time the show is, is redoing a movie. Uh, it's interesting because I, you weren't there when we did Return of the Jedi for the first time. Uh, actually, I had it pulled up. Uh, February 19th, 2018. Oh, so long ago which hurts a little bit this was that was our third episode as a show as a cute little show a newborn <laughs> and it was just uh me garrett and andrew at the time uh so i will be re, re reduxing it but you're kind of still doing it for the first time on this show now did you go I mean, back and listen to yourself i listened to most of it i did not get to hear all of it uh because i started it before we started this <laughs> i should have thought about it earlier <laughs> but you know, it was interesting. It was a different show back then. I will say, it was a different show. Uh, yeah. In some, in some, in some ways, where I was like, "Oh, we should go back to that," and in some ways, yeah. where I was like, "Oh, I'm glad we stopped that." So it's, it has yeah. it's it's ups and downs. But the my favorite part was uh, I made a prediction. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, again, February 2018, I predicted that we would get a live action Star Wars TV show when Disney's unnamed streaming service would drop in two years. Well, there you go. Wow. You were spot on. Rumor? It wasn't or, a uh, uh, risky guess because Andrew and Garrett both immediately agreed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was like, hey. Man, so Disney Plus hadn't premiered at that point. No. In fact, I, I talked about it like it was still a wish list i i said i really want a live action star wars show that's all i want and now there's like a dime a dozen star wars live action shows and it's great <laughs> i love it yeah you know, there's been a lot since then uh there's like a new one announced every year uh there's been several announced that and never happened so you know there'd be uh, uh there'll be more more and more you could predict in this episode more uh you know you can what's the i limit? predict what, more star wars shows and less star wars films do you uh, think we'll ever get to a point where there's more? Like, do you think we'll get to a point where there's like a hundred Star Wars, like individual Star Wars property things, like 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 relative relative things? Everything we we'll get to a hundred unique projects, like just overall of time. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it. I guess then you got to talk about how technical are you gonna get? 
because we would yeah. I, we would be at a hundred if you counted like individual episodes of of, of shows. Yes, uh, especially like Clone yeah. Wars that ran for a while. But if you want to consider a show as one project, yeah, ooh, I don't know. That could take some time. Sure. I don't know where we are at this point. I don't you know. know you got like nine. You got like uh, twelve movies or so, right? Yeah, so you got, uh, and then you got like a couple different movies or a TV TV project got, miniseries, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I don't you know got about the nine Skywalker movies. You got Rogue and Solo, Rogue consider... One and Solo, and is there another movie? Anyway, anyway, mm, is there <laughs> Rogue One and Solo? Mm -hmm. That's it. Those are the only offshoots, I think. I think so. At least that have come out. Drastic, like, uh, and the the Clone Wars movie. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> the animated clone. They don't like movie. to talk about that one. No, I remember being a kid and I took my little brother to see it, and I was like, "Well, this is that was where I had checked out of Star Wars as a young fan." Same, it before, was remarkably before, before uncool. The, before the sequel, when the sequels came out, I was like, "Okay, I'll hop back in." But I remember yeah. taking my him to see that. And I was like, "Well, this is where Star Wars is now." Yep, <laughs> it's animated puppet movies. That's After... what it looked like to me. No offense to Clone Wars fans, I've grown to I've grown to like it. Not yes, yes. I I will not watch the movie again, but the show I have uh, yeah. slowly chipped away at and have enjoyed. Yeah, uh, I've, yeah, I've still not finished it. That's my no, I haven't either. It, it's very daunting, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. But today, today, Return of the Jedi. Yes. This is the That's third and final installment of the original trilogy. It's episode mm -hmm. six in the grand scheme of things. And this is where Luke is off to rescue Han. I mean, we left Empire Strikes Back on one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. The mm -hmm. Empire has risen. The Han Solo has been captured and is frozen in carbonite, which is just like an unthinkable thing. And mm -hmm. everything's in disarray. So this is the big finale. What did you think? How do you feel about this movie? I guess over time and then again today. As um, part of the well, Star you know, Wars universe. You know, as a kid, you know, uh, somehow my mom and dad, they got a hold of all the VHSs at some point. So I remember watching watching them in order before episode one ever came out. And so I remember uh, this was my favorite one as a kid for a long time. Um, just because, you know, it was the finish of the story. And I think as a, as a little kid, you literally like the beginning and you like the finish. I, that's, that seems to be the case for me. And not to say that these days, Empire Strikes Back, I, I can recognize as being probably the better movie. But um, it was something yeah. about it. You know, I loved the opening with trying to rescue Han. That to me was such a cool moment as a kid. I loved the final battle between Luke and his dad. Um, here, I'll show you this. When Luke shows up with this this lightsaber, you know, and it's green, as yeah. a kid, I was like, a green lightsaber? Like, I was so blown away. Because at that point, before seeing Return of the Jedi, right, there was only blue and red. That was it for lightsaber colors. And when he shows up with a, a green lightsaber, I was like, my like my imagination started to grow. And I remember, you know, as a kid, kind of make up your own your own lore. You know, you yeah. I, I didn't read the books. I didn't read. And there were a bunch of Legends books by that point. So I, I didn't read any of that stuff, and I didn't, uh, I didn't know anything. So when I saw the green lightsaber, and I knew there was blue and red, and then I saw uh, the Phantom Menace a few years later, by the time I was like nine, the Phantom Menace came out, and Qui-Gon had a green light, right, lightsaber, right? And uh, Obi-Wan had a blue one. I thought, oh, 
Green is for masters, which is why Luke has one in the in the sixth one because he's become a master. Yeah. And blue is for apprentices, which is why uh, he had a blue one before. And you know, so that was that all made sense in my head, right? Uh, of course, that's not the case at all. Apparently, they can just be whatever color, uh, whatever color they're just randomly assigned. Basically. Right, but I, I know really what you mean. Back, I mean, of course, it would seem like uh, like it mattered back then. Makes sense, you know, and and there were you know all those things like I've read throughout history, like oh, blue is assigned for Jedi's who are this and this and that. No, it's just whatever. It's just whatever they decide at the on the day. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was a cool. It was cool to me. The Rancor was always so scary as a kid. Um, so it was one of my favorites as a kid. And and rewatching it this time, it was kind of amazing to me how the movie. Um, it's just it kind of just exists in two halves. There is this, there is the Tatooine half, and then there's the Endor half, and that's kind mm-hmm. of the whole movie. There's not a lot of in between. Um, you know, they, 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 I, um, I started it while my wife was doing a tutoring session. The tutoring session is about an hour long, and when she walked out, I looked up, and an hour had gone by, and we were on, uh, we were, on, you know, Luke was meeting the the Emperor on the Death Star, and I was like, this is like the halfway point of the movie. The movie's almost over. But it felt like so little had actually gone by. It, it kind of flies by the first hour uh, to me. Um, you know, it's uh, as a kid, you don't realize just how uh, goofy Star Wars was. And so you watch it back as an adult and you're like, oh, there's a lot of goof going on here. Han Solo's just like, um, uh, Harrison Ford's really playing it for laughs a lot at the beginning, you know, with a lot of his delivery and his, his, his uh, blindness, you know. The and, blindness uh, is so good, yeah. <laughs> you know, I also uh, felt like I didn't, like, I never really uh-huh. uh, respected how funny those bits were. Yeah, there's, um, and there's, and then at the same time, there's some bits, there's some stuff in here that are like with the Ewoks that are, it's really, that's really goofy. But like, you know, I find it charming at this point. As a kid, it was just like, this is the movie. What else would be happening? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, you know what I mean? Like what else? Back when you would never movie? even question, like, why would I question the movie? Like, of course they just found Ewoks. Of course. <laughs> it this is what makes it total is. sense. Everything. I have no problems here. This is, I can't control this. How can I but, say they're um, goofy? That's who they are. There's a lot of there's a couple there's a good handful of unnecessarily sad moments in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, there's uh there's the pig guard who gets eaten by the rancor and he just get, gets dumped in and his buddies cheer him, cheer on him getting eaten and I was like oh that's sad. That's a guy with no good friends. Yeah, no, um, he really <laughs> they really extended his death scene. Yeah, no one cared. I... Um, the uh, then there's a scene later on. This is so needlessly sad. I don't know why Lucas did this to us as children, but. There's two Ewoks running, and there's an explosion in front of them, and they fall down. And one slowly rolls up, and he goes to grab his buddy, and he pulls him, and he doesn't move. <laughs> sits there and looks at him all, all you know, downtrodden. And I'm like, that was needlessly sad. Why did we? Why did we watch a teddy bear get killed? That War was, is hell. That was so sad. It is, you know. Um, but it just goes to, 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 you know, there was such a, you know, uh, it's, it's such a, you know, there's a lot of wonder about it as a kid. Um, as an adult, I don't know. Uh, it's impossible for me to go back and watch this as it aired, you know, as, as it was theatrically, because um, uh, obviously the, the original cuts are almost impossible to get at this point, unless you have like some special yep. thing that you've found of it. And even in 1997, the version I watched it on VHS, there that was a remastered edition. Then there had been changes. Then, so there's whole versions of the movie that whole whole elements of the movie that I've either never seen or have been have been 
touched up and changed that I don't know what the original really looked like. Um, I can't remember. I think this one has had the least touching up, if I remember correctly, of the movies that that were originally done. So, I, you know, I, uh, you know, all the stuff that's kind of got added in feels like goofier stuff, like the the dance, the song and it dance, is. and then that's the stuff I was at the end, the big. But I do think that the big, um, the sweeping shot at the end, the victory with all the party, like, you know, like the, you could see Coruscant and Naboo, things that like totally did not exist when the first movie got made. Um, they just like, uh, or when that movie got made. Uh, it's it's nice, though. As far as additions go, the seeing people celebrating all across the galaxy that the Empire is done, I liked. I'm sorry, I went on for like a really long time, but Yeah. <laughs> Generally speaking, Clearly, I love this movie. Your childhood passion for Return of the Jedi came out there. Uh, yeah, I, I I went and saw this at, in IMAX for the 40th anniversary re-release. It was my first time seeing it in theaters, so that was a fun experience. But uh, to go straight into those additions you were just talking about, they are very much more noticeable on the big screen, I felt like. Um, to <laughs> yeah. me, the worst one is the really long musical performance in java's palace toward the beginning yes with the with the bad cgi band and singer and it's so long Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. so long. andrew went with me to see it and we both looked at each other and we're like it's still going this is so (laughs) unnecessary they wrote a to think that he was like yes this was my vision like no georgie no so, so I've heard some. I've actually heard some new information on this, and this oh, may yeah. need to be uh, this may need to be fact checked. But one of the reasons that he made these edits to begin with really didn't have anything to do with perfecting his vision. It was the fact that his uh, wife was technically like got royalties for the movies, and after his divorce, he was like, "She's not getting any of these royalties." So she he changed the movies the per, the the percentage amount enough that they're not technically the original movies. So every time the movie gets sold, it's the new version of the movie in which his, his ex gets no royalties for, uh, or whatever for the new, you know, these new versions. So he changed them just enough to avoid a legal loophole. Now that may need to be fact-checked. That's what I, that was something that I read uh, recently. My only question uh, to that would be, so then why did he keep changing it? <laughs> Cause it's not the first exactly. time he changed it again. If you remember, like, I think um... once he changed it, well, there were edits made to the version that that first premiered on Disney Plus. They found a bunch of new stuff where people were like, "What is this?" and and they had confirmed yeah, the that there were new additions made for the streaming version. And I was like, "Why? Why?" Yeah. Uh, but so that was my least favorite one. My second favorite one, or least favorite, was man. I just really feel like putting Hayden in the in there felt forced. It feels mm-hmm. real forced. It does. Uh, so it doesn't. I, it I does, get what like, I get it. And it's, yeah, I do too. But it just is like, man, adding him in thirty years later is just weird. <laughs> it it doesn't feel natural. Like it Especially doesn't look to natural have him, at all. To have to have Hayden Hayden's Anakin standing next to Alec Guinness's Obi Wan is is also weird. And, and Yoda, yeah, and, and Yoda, like, like, and like puppet just, Yoda, man. Yeah, it it doesn't weird. look natural. I mean. Even if they had at least made a slight effort to like uh, Hayden come in, put on this bald cap or something, you know, like we're going to make you look kind of like, uh, you know, Vader after 
but like it's like it's like Hayden as he appears in episode three, and it like might not even I don't even know if it's a new shot. It might be just a shot from episode three that they've you know colored blue. And I know people have already you know complained about this probably to death for years, but yeah, it just doesn't feel natural the way that it appears in the shot. It just looks it looks like something added in. Um, and, and so it's just I I, I again I also understand, but like it, it almost would have felt better if they just remade the first three movies if that was the kind of if that was the kind of synergy that they really wanted is like just remake four through six if you want it to be that that level of synergy because that's another thing they've done in episode five is that they've gone back and they've replaced the original appearance of the emperor and voice actor for the emperor with ian mcdermott redoing all of the that stuff and so like just to try to make it seem like it was one super well done thought out plan like they had everything finished but um but you know i've learned a, 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 there's the, people like to think that george lucas planned this stuff out really heavily but he, he didn't he didn't there was a <laughs> lot of changes made you know there was a lot of changes being made at the last minute things like that i was reading the other day that in episode five the original screenplay um luke was going to meet uh when he goes to dagobah and he sees his force vision the vision was going to be his father, Anakin Skywalker, who in this cut in that in that screenplay was not Darth Vader, and he was going to tell him that he had a twin sister who was not Leia, but some other woman that Luke had yet to meet. So, like, um, there were, I'm sure there were a lot of things that changed about this movie in the lead up. Um, Obviously, the famously the name of the movie itself changed uh, just months before release. It was originally Revenge of the Jedi, um, and uh, there are still you know you can still find too. posters. Yeah, I think Return is better. That's a change that makes sense. Yeah, and then they got to save it for Revenge of the Sith, so it really uh, it it, it works out like. Uh, but there's actually I can't remember what movie it is. There's a movie that is uh, set in France, and they happen to be no. What was it? yeah? Oh, I don't. I think I'm actually thinking of the uh, the one of the Bioshock games. Bioshock Infinite has a reference <laughs> to uh, Revenge of the Sith because it's in an alternate. It's in an alternate timeline. And uh, or something like that, and Revenge of the Sith came, or Revenge of the Jedi came out. But uh, but anyway, uh, I just like I just like all of the. This movie gave me a lot of nostalgia watching it back. Um, my my son liked it a lot too because he is obsessed with watching oh, me play yeah. Jedi Survivor. So when he saw the Rancor and all that, he was like, "Yeah, monsters, monsters!" He loves the monsters <laughs> component of Star Wars. Yeah, monsters he's figured out lightsabers, and he knows that they fight monsters. Good, that's great. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and uh, contributing to the comic relief of this movie uh, a lot was C three PO, who was Always. like just like nothing but one liners, nothing but one liners in this movie. Uh, him constantly trying to get out. Oh, well, no one's home, and that starts to waddle off. And uh, it's uh, it was pretty good. Um, I. Uh, I'm trying to think of something else. You know, uh, Luke Skywalker showing up in, in all black. I thought that was so dope as a kid. Uh, what'd you think about that? How what, you yes. know, tell, tell me more about your IMAX experience. Uh, well, so, I mean, it wasn't like, like, I don't think they did anything special for it. There wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. uh, added scenes or um, there wasn't even a thank you for coming back to the movies message. So <laughs> it, it's kind of like they just played the movie. So. Yeah. Uh, it didn't feel too different other than just it was cool to see it in that experience. 
seeing the Death Star part do uh, explode on the big screen is fun. The like mm -hmm. um, Luke and Vader's final lightsaber duel, uh, and then the Emperor his uh, lightning fingers is cool to see on the big screen. Like it's all just really cool and loud, and it's like yeah, this is how uh, Star Wars is meant to be consumed uh in a big loud movie theater with a bunch of excited people and there were people there and yeah everybody was having fun you know so i enjoyed that a lot i think you know i have a similar history to you as you with the movie i watched it on vhs tapes i had those uh, i think the 1997 special edition box set so i wore all wore out all three of those movies on tape so i just kind of I don't even re really remember having a favorite as a kid. I remember it just as a blur of one Star Wars. Like, it's all Star yeah. Wars, and I can't pick one. I get that. At least as a kid. Um, I get that, yeah. But, yeah, Luke was cool to go back. Yeah, I know you'd ask about Luke in the All Black. Yeah. <laughs> he is yeah. He is in uh, kick-ass mode in this movie. He's... Yeah. The closest to angry he ever gets in this series, you know. Yeah, he was—he was trying to be real intimidating. Right, right. He was which is hard. Really for, it just, which is honestly just really hard for Mark Hamill to do. I think. <laughs> uh, well, outs, outside uh, yeah, of the again. Joker, in his like mm -hmm. when he plays the Joker, yeah, his voice is very intimidating. But like on screen, the man just looks like you can—you can hug him. He's very. Yeah, he's a. He, he just is. seems so warm. I can't even find him intimidating. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's you know he um he's got a great heroic look. That's what's and so great about here, it. He, you know, he is a farm boy plucked out of nowhere to save the universe. Yeah. You believe it? And uh, yeah, so he rolls in. He's all like, "You're gonna regret that, Jabba." And he's like, "Very." He's trying to be very intimidating, but he's I don't know. He's very if it, space James work, Bond. Not feeling it. Yeah, I I did but love I like, that. You know, he's sequence. got all the. He's got all the Jedi stuff figured out. He does the mind trick, you know, he's, he's, but it's also like, you're trying to figure out like, okay, what was, what was the plan? Because Chewie, Chewie was already there and, 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 and got captured. Right. And then Lando was there undercover and they send in, uh, they send in C3PO and R2D2 to relay the message for Luke. Then he gives them to Jabba. So now they've got, now they got four people in Jabba's palace, right? Then they send in Leia as a bounty hunter to trade to trade Chewie. No, Chewie wasn't already there, so to trade Chewie in, right? right? And so they get everybody in there, and then Luke comes in. I don't know what the plan was. Was the plan for Leia I, to rescue Han, or was the plan for Leia to be captured? I it don't seemed to me that the only plan they had was to free Han, but not how to like yeah. get out of it. Like we're gonna get yeah. him free, but we have no escape plan. Is what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, because it was just like kind somehow of all they over the got place. yeah. Why they got Lando in undercover. R2's hanging on to the lightsaber. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's all these little plans going on, but I don't think Luke intended to fall into a pit with the Rancor. Of course not. Although, great moment when R2 uh, shoots the, laser, the lightsaber over to him. Boo! Uh, yeah. That was cool. Just... <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> to go back to the Rancor, I'll tell you, George must have been on one when he was making this movie. Like, he was having, like, a little too much fun because he has this moment where the Rancor dies. And they, mm -hmm. they open the door, and this guy grabs Luke, and this big guy shoves him apart and just slowly walks to the Rancor with the most sullen face. And it's just like, like his pet Rancor had just been murdered in front of him, you know? 
and he was so sad and he hugs another he hugs another one of java's guards you know it was like another one of these needlessly sad moments uh for return of the jedi um i thought that was so that that just popped back in my head yeah yeah um i, I was talking about say- big shirtless guy <laughs> I, I I was going to talk about how you know right after that moment when uh, they're taking them all out to be fed to the Sarlacc pit. This is where we meet Boba Fett, who becomes mm-hmm. a huge character in the franchise. But here right. he's seemingly not that great, you know. Seemingly uh, he, being written out of the story quite right. quite thoroughly. He's just kind of looming in Jabba's palace. And then he has a very unceremonious death, really, uh, at the Sarlacc yeah. pit. Or, uh, so we think. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, for, at all, the time, for all intents and purposes, he died in this movie. <laughs> at the time of very unceremonious death, um, you know, he has since survived. And mostly because, for some reason, that never made sense to me prior to 2019, I guess. Uh, he was like this super well-liked fan favorite character um i guess based purely on his you know like look in empire strikes back um because he doesn't have a ton of lines there either he's just some bounty hunter who has you know admittedly cool looking armor but like he doesn't say or do anything that that's that's that dramatically impressive to me this was a topic that Uh, that that came up in the first episode we did uh and we also kind of were lost at the time about why Boba Fett took off so much and Mm -hmm. I guess he just took off as a character in the what they now refer to as like the legacy timeline or something like that the the original books that came out and expanded the universe that are now I I don't know they're not canon right technically no they're like mostly decanonized however uh I think Dave Filoni who who is now like the one of the one of the more lead creative people with star wars he seems to have really liked a lot of stuff so he's like slowly bringing a lot of it back in right i mean there's um, you uh, know with, with with mild changes and things like that thrawn is a big legacy character right yeah and we know he's yeah, thrawn and thrawn and 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 uh the, the 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 heir of the empire books uh was a big uh was a big was a very popular uh whatever they extended universe is what they used to call it um and uh and, and there was another character who is now my favorite character in star wars uh cobb vanth uh who uh who found boba fett's armor that was a that was a legends a legends story an extended universe story he's now played by uh the greatest actor alive <laughs> timothy oliphant and yes, uh so yes. that he's now by night na- by nature he is my favorite character now in all of star wars um so you know Boba, he uh, he he uh, he jetpacked so that uh, so that you know Cobb Vance could fly. Um, hopefully, we get more of both of those characters in the future. I, I watched the book of Boba Fett, and I liked most of it. Uh, there was some stuff that there, there was some there was a moment where it wasn't as strong to me, but uh, but I like where it was going. I kind of like those first four, three or four episodes a lot more than the the last ones. But yeah, the that, Boba Fett show didn't do? it didn't super work for me, but. I'm I'm okay with it if they kind of just leave it as is. I don't I'm not I don't really want more of it. I don't think. Uh, that's just, just more Cobb Vanth. That's all I mean. Right. We'll give him a just show. Just more Tim you know? the Elephant. They're, they're giving and, uh, they're giving all these side character shows now. I mean, why can't yeah. why can't Tim the Elephant lead 
uh, a Star Wars show, except for the fact that he's yes doing another uh, some kind of justified reboot, right? Yeah, like a little. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be just a mini series, if it's a sequel series. A lot of people think it's going to be a reunion, but I'm like, get ready, people. There's only going to be like one re- one character coming back. Uh, they're not going to have any most of the other ones. Uh, so, but it's an, ad- an adaptation of another one of uh, Elmore Leonard's books. But anyway, that's um, for a different show. That's for talking justified. Different show. That's for that's for talking. You know, there's a justified podcast that I've been listening to a little bit um, called Another. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Another one's another one on the way, or something like that. Hmm. And next one's coming faster. That's what it is. I have and to watch uh, it, I've been listening honestly. to that a little bit. You got to watch it, but I think you gotta got watch to watch it with me. You know? I think that would be because ideal. I I've literally you... never seen a single second of the show. So I don't, and it's not for any reason other than I've just never encountered it. I have nothing against it. I like I modern Westerns. I, I like Timothy. Yeah. It just never crossed my path. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I know. The same it's thing a, happened was... with uh, the Americans. Everyone tells me I need to watch that as mm. well. Um, yes. But it also just, that, that era of FX, somehow I just didn't catch it. You know, I blame it on uh, Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad took off around the exact same time and was a very similar niche to what Justified and the Americans kind of was. But I think Breaking Bad was just so much more, it was so much bigger. And by the time True. Breaking Bad was almost done, Sons of Anarchy picked up a lot of that energy too and moved mm-hmm. on. So Justified with Americans. I tried to watch Americans too, but I never got past the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was created by, it was the same, uh, it was the same uh, show creator or whatever. It's justified. Anyway, we we tried to make a deal way back in 2014, maybe uh, over a decade <laughs> ago, um, to watch each other's favorite shows at the time. I tried to get you into Justified. You tried to get me into Community, and neither really worked. Dang! Did you ever watch? Community? I watched like I watched like the first two episodes of Community, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick this back up later. And yeah. then I think I did something else. I don't yeah, remember I what I did, that. but. Wow. Um, well, then anyway. I will. I will resolve to watch at least the first episode of Justified. See, I'm worried if you don't. Because if we got to watch it together, watch it it'll, it'll never happen. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's why. But you got to text me while you do. We got to. Oh, I can live text. Because, I can do that. Because if we, if I think, I think I've hyped it up so much <laughs> with my own personal love of it, you're gonna watch and go. David's an idiot. This show's <laughs> not good. You know what I mean? Maybe That's this my fear. is. This is some kind of uh, spin-off show we do where I wa- where I react to yes. Justified for the first time and consult you as an expert. Yes, yes uh, we'll forced enjoyment, if you will. Okay. And yeah, we can definitely figure that. Anyway, uh, tangent we'll do- closed. Yes, tangent now. over. Back- do we have anything else to say <laughs> to about Star Wars. about the plot of Return of the Jedi or or characters? Any anything else before we kind of move on to the next parts of the show? You know, Darth Vader and the Emperor both very intimidating in this movie. Uh, yes. I thought that their stories were fine. Those closed out really well. Can I offer a, a long time Star Wars hot take? Oh, yes, please. I always I, I always thought it was dumb that Leia was Luke's sister. I know that that's been such established story now for yeah. whatever it is, 40 years. But I just always thought that was dumb. Even as, even as a kid, I was like, oh, really? Anyway. I think it complicates it for uh, for like unnecessarily, uh, so I don't even I don't even really disagree with you, because um, we already have you know one of the all time greatest twists is Vader being Luke's father, so it mm-hmm. kind of the sister reveal 
is just not as strong as that, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of makes it weird in hindsight. Yeah. Because <laughs> they it, have this 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 flirtatious thing mm. that adding in the family part just just why? It doesn't mean and it never really comes back except for controversially in uh the rise of skywalker when leia starts to actually show some force powers right and that's the only reason to really tie no, her to the it, skywalker name yeah the only no, reason to, to me, make her a skywalker even when i was is the force right she it, it was it for as so as a kid as a kid uh, young as like a team. I mean, they've done everything they can to make that such an important piece. Like, you know, whether it is her son, um, you know, training with Luke, whether, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, the, the story with Padme and all that stuff and them being, them being separated, um, the Obi-Wan show and all of that, right. Making Leia a bigger, you know, like tying her to Anakin's story as well. But he, as a kid, it just kind of felt like unnecessarily connecting them. I mean, I say as a kid, that was kind of as I got older, I started to think of it that way. But as when I remember being young and just kind of thinking like, like it just it just seemed like it was kind of just out of nowhere. I was like, I, I just I just mm-hmm. felt like she didn't need to be Luke's sister to be important. But like they no, not at all. They threw that in there. He could have just she could have just been Luke's good friend, Hans and Hans girlfriend, wife. You right. know, I didn't think that that was making brother and sister really added much. And she was um, already I remember a, being surprised. She was royalty, sure. too. Yeah, but like you know, she, I, and and we never get really. I mean, I mean, it's probably explored in some books, and it's probably could be explored in the future if they ever wanted to do something like this. But we never really got to have Leia come to grips or or her own real like uh, uh, journey with the detail that Darth Vader was her father. This thing she's been fighting for, fighting against for you know however long, fit five years for her, however long she's been involved with the rebellion was her father the whole time, you know, the leader, you know, the, the second in command of this evil empire. Um, it's like, we never see her process that she has a hard time processing that Luke is her brother in this movie, but she never really seems to even be told that Darth Vader is her father that I remember. Um, so I don't know. I, I always, I never really liked it. Um, I've obviously I've come to accept it. You can't, can't not accept it at this point, but, uh, yeah. And it just kind of felt like, you know, it just kind of felt like when the way Yoda tells him and Luke figures it out, he's just like, oh, I have a sister? Well, it must be Leia. And like, there's a joke about that in, um, in I think it's the Robot Chicken Star Wars special. I think I could be wrong, but he's like, um, or maybe it's in Lego Star Wars. I don't remember, but it was like, uh, <laughs> he's like, it must we'll be Leia. Me. And he's like, well, yeah, she's the literally the only woman you know. So like, it must be the only female in this entire galaxy that you've ever met is probably your sister because we're not going to introduce a new girl, you know, uh, you know, a new female character at, at, in episode three uh, <laughs> back then, you know. So I don't know. I, as a kid, it always threw it always threw me off. But yeah. I've come to, you know, I, I, I've come to love it. Leia is one of the greatest, uh, you know, one of my favorite female characters in history. Right. She's a great character. Uh, so. And and. Uh, I remember reading a, a a quote from Carrie Fisher recently was given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, 
and her daughter billy mm-hmm. lord uh, was there to give the speech uh and she quoted carrie basically as saying uh i i basically i don't need there is no leia without me but there is still me without her uh just to show that she really felt like she is like she's leia um she mm. really mm-hmm. uh held on to that character and felt strongly about her and i think it showed yeah. in her performance throughout uh not only those three movies but the sequel trilogy as well my yeah, final hot take that i don't know if is a real hot take is another one that i just have kind of accepted is just man how lazy is it that they really just destroy another death star <laughs> the same way <laughs> you know it, it, it's you know it's bigger it's bigger it's, I don't well, know. it's the same exact thing guys yeah. i well, mean it, i let it know, go i but... mean it makes it, it makes a little sense if you're gonna build one death star you might as well build two death stars but right <laughs> um but they could yeah i mean it was just kind of like uh uh you know it, it, from a writing standpoint from a you know from a realistic standpoint of course there'd be more than one death star why wouldn't they build more than one but from a writing standpoint it's kind of like oh just another death star all right well you couldn't come up with a uh, something else for them to have to fight against uh, you know but uh right because it know. doesn't even i don't know it, okay it's you tell me it's bigger but it doesn't seem any more intimidating <laughs> it doesn't it looks the same it's still in space. a planet no killer so what's the like the old yeah. one destroyed alderaan how can it get worse <laughs> exactly it's uh you know and it looks the same although it's you know whatever like uh the uh i guess the fun of that is is just that uh luke and and han and 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 them they they aren't like involved in the actual space battle they're involved uh in a different way it is nice to see them fighting inside yeah hand to hand on the ground Mm -hmm. combat versus the fighter uh jet and space battle mm-hmm. montages we saw in the other two movies. Okay, yeah, well, so, I think uh, yeah, it's probably time to move on to the next segment of the show and talk about how this movie yeah, yeah. performed commercially at the time. You know, I don't remember if you guys, because I, re- I listened to those episodes a long time ago when they first came out. I don't remember if you guys talked about the box office stats we back then. Didn't really, no. But, um, so... Uh, uh, this movie debuted way before either of us was born, May 27th, mm-hmm. 1983. Uh, the movie debuted to $23 million uh, during its three-day open. That was also Memorial Day weekend, which we're coming up. It's almost 40 years to the day uh, of this movie's release. That's that's one reason why we're looking at it. And um, the only other... So Box Office Mojo doesn't really have a lot of great data pre-19... I would say even 90, but, you know... So the only movies listed as being in the box office that weekend were Star Wars Episode Six and E.T. So uh, there's your that's a that's all the anyway that's all the information I have there for that opening weekend. Uh, when you extend to its four day Memorial Day weekend, it made thirty million dollars. Um, there's some, kind of some conflicting reports. If you go to like Wikipedia and you look up how much money the movie made at the box office, it will give you a number, but that number is all of its combined releases. So in 1985 or not in 1983, the year it released, um, Return of the Jedi would finish with 252.4 million dollars, which is bang, huge, huge release. Now, when you go to count, it's 1985 re-released, it's 1997 re-release, and it's most recent, the one you saw, the 2023 re-release, 
it has now had a uh, total of $314 million for its domestic run through all its releases. Um, which is good enough to be, I think, uh, I think the number is, it is the number nine movie in the entire Star Wars releases. Uh, mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't believe this, but uh, Empire Strikes Back is, is, in, is in last. Uh, that's like the biggest one in terms of everybody's critical appraisal, but I, yeah. I, it must have had less releases. Like uh, well, the other ones have been less released releases, a lot, and you gotta wonder it, adjusted for inflation, what that might be. Yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of you know la- they, they'll never do this. The theater the new industry, ones will, have, yeah, the new ones have made so much too. I was gonna say the theater industry will never do this, but the most interesting statistic would be number of tickets sold, not money made. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but you, with no, theater, it, it would be with theater audiences declining and prices going up. It would not be a good look. <laughs> no, but you know, at the same time, um, when when uh, Return of the Jedi was released, um, in its original year, there were uh, there weren't that as many theaters in as in a total. Um, Return of the Jedi was only in seventeen hundred theaters across the United States. Whereas um, I'm just going to go to uh, uh, the Last Jedi was in four thousand two hundred theaters. So like, right. there's just more theaters. There's more ability for even if you even if a movie does uh, does moderately well with that many theaters across the United States, a movie can do better uh, than than it than even the highest grocers of the 1980s. So yeah. you know, it's been a, a lot of things have changed. But anyway. Um, that's, that's most of it. Uh, you know, there's some international numbers, but those are also kind of wonky when you go back to the 1980s, but, um, the movie's credited with making 252 in the United States in 1985 and has a worldwide total of 400 and what was that number? 480 million worldwide. The box office stats, uh, I don't know, on Letterboxd. So we were not playing the letterbox game back then, so this has never been played before by me. So I'm not playing mm-hmm. it a second time and cheating. Uh, exactly. But That's what I was thinking too. Before we drop our guesses, I got some of the most popular reviews of this movie written by letterbox users. You're gonna love the first one, which is the top voted uh, review of the movie. There's a five star review that says, and there, uh, let me give you a language warning. <clears throat> The saddest moment in cinematic history is when those two Ewoks get caught in an explosion and one of them gets up and shakes the other, but it doesn't move. I literally am still in fucking tears. George Lucas, you utter piece of shit. <laughs> I know. It I is, know. Cut that. It is. Of all the things, cut that. Um, <laughs> four stars, R2-D2. Beep, beep, Zorb, me. Damn right, King. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally four and a half stars and i can't believe we didn't mention this what the fuck were the ewoks trying to do roasting r2d2 over an open over an open fire i know of all the goofy stuff we talked about <laughs> we glossed over them trying to cook r2d2 yeah they to eat the machine no guys <laughs> that was a great part too when uh when everything with like han trying to talk to the ewoks and them worshiping c3po and it's just so stupidly funny um okay no i lied one more people rag on this one for being stupid which makes me wonder if there are other hidden star wars films i don't know about because there's an air of stupidity to all of them that's kind of all of them have a little bit of of dumbness 
it's on. got that uh, it is kind yeah. of like this is the one that when you go back and you watch you're like well they were really making a lot having a lot i mean they were having fun i think they were having a laugh making this one yeah yeah i think so there's just so much goofy fun stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right so it's time to drop some guesses i have no idea i don't um, either i'm gonna um, guess Let's say three points. Three point what? Three point seven. Oh, three point seven. Okay, mm, that's pretty good. Uh, man, I can't. I feel like that's really in that vicinity. I'm gonna go a little under. I'm gonna go three point five. I think. Yeah. 3.5 and 3.7. Let's see. Does uh, Return of the Jedi make it into 4.0 territory or less? We do not have a direct hit today, but we do have a winner. Okay. Neither of us direct hit. Okay. Neither of us got a direct hit, so no bonus points rewarded. However, unfortunately, you got it freaking right again. Uh, it is a 4.0. What a... 4.0. So it did make wow. it into the force. Oh. See, see now with Empire Strikes Back and with the New Hope, I kind of figured that people were going to rate it high for nostalgia's sake, and you know, like it's those are great movies, but people are going to rate them a little extra high for the nostalgia, and that Return of the Jedi would get dumped a little bit because people always, you know, sort of I don't know, people kind of leave it. I feel like people leave it out, but uh, but wow, four point oh for uh, for Return of the Jedi. Well, good for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm content to good. also give it a four point oh. I think. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you there. No. Yes, I agree with you. Four, four stars. I, I almost yeah, went yeah, You were thinking about going higher for a minute? I was thinking about going higher because apparently a past version of myself did in fact log this as a five-star movie on Letterboxd, but maybe I just had a real mm. good time. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I should look and see what I did that. What, what did I do? I probably also gave it like five stars in the past. Uh, no, past me gave it four and a half. So you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna up mine. I'm gonna also go with four and a half. If you I'm up stay, yours stay, to four and a half, I will lower mine to four and a half, and now we're even. There we go. There uh, we go. Okay, I would, great. I'll agree with my former self because so I, I had a blast. I did not. I was never bored. No, no. All the all the complaints about the goofiness and some of the other weird moments we talked about does not distract from mm-hmm. how fun the movie is to watch at all. Uh, and it's no. still one of the great one of the great endings to a trilogy uh, ever, I think. Um, so exactly I'm, I'm what sad, you want. I'm satisfied I mean, with it. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly what you want. Second, um, second Death Star be damned. I wanted them to win and they won. Right. They won. There, there's a Vader redemption arc. If you're into that. Uh, and yeah. there's ghosts and dancing bears. There's a whole. Everyone's happy in the end. So I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. That's a great. That should be your letterbox review. There's a ghost and dancing bears. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to log. I'll log it again and uh, write it that way. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. That is Return of the Jedi. It's the 40th anniversary. So if you haven't rewatched it yet, now is a great time to do it. Of course, you can find it on Disney Plus or on Blu-ray or something like that. But yeah, go check it out. It's a great movie if you've never heard of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. 
oh man, my wife was tutoring a kid who hadn't heard of Star Wars the other day. And oh, it was man. like, change the subject, change the subject. Where does this thing going to work? Because I was playing Jedi Survivor and she was like, he's playing Jedi Survivor. And she was like, he was like, what? Jedi Survivor? She's like, Jedi? And now she's like, yeah, Star Wars. And he was like, what Star Wars? And I was like, abandon, abandon, get out of here. Abandon ship. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, that is a wrap on this episode. We have a bunch of new movies scheduled for the next few weeks, I think. Uh, but I won't tell you what they are yet, so I don't tell you wrong. But uh, if you yeah. follow if you follow along weekly, you have that to look forward to. Um, if you want to go back and see what I thought about Return of the Jedi in 2018, you can go to so many sequels.com and see our episode list there and scroll all the way back <laughs> to there. And of course, you can find our reviews of of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back uh, as well. That's our that was our mm-hmm. first three episodes, so. Uh, if you mm-hmm. do it, do not send complaints to us at this time. We are not no, accept- no longer accepting complaints from 2018. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you can also find links to us uh, on social media at so many sequels.com. We want you to follow us there and, of course, let us know what you thought about Return of the Jedi and what you want to hear from us next. Uh, we've got, like I said, we got new movies coming up. So if there's one that you're really looking forward to, we want to hear about it uh maybe maybe there's one we don't know about and we need to be covering i don't know yeah so many movies come out nowadays we can't keep up with all of them so let us know what you are watching Uh, again at so many sequels.com subscribe in your favorite podcasting app and on youtube and we'll see you next time